0: Well, week three of the preseason is usually known for players breaking out, players looking good, a couple of injuries. We will forever remember week three of the preseason as the time when Andrew Luck decided to retire from the game of football. Andrew Luck no longer the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett. And uh, we're going to react to it on this emergency podcast edition of Fantasy Football Today. It's Dave. It's Heath. Two of us, we just got done doing two hours of radio, and what did we talk about for most of the two hours? Andrew Luck and the Colts. We also talked about Lamar Miller, and we'll get to him in just a few moments. But um, first, initial thoughts, reactions to Andrew Luck stepping away from the game?
1: Well, I I'm, I am hope it's um, everything that he wants it to be, and it's bad for fantasy football, it's bad for the Indianapolis Colts, but if that's what Andrew Luck wants to do, then it's good for him.
0: So if you drafted Andrew Luck already... Go find another quarterback. You, you got you know, to. That's really the long and the short of it, right? Um, who's available on waivers that you might be able to pick up and start as a streaming option to begin the season?
1: If you look for guys that are owned in less than fifty percent of leagues, the number one option, and it's surprising with all the hype he got, is still Kyler Murray. Um, I do think that, like Murray, has a lot of upside, and so he's below fifty percent. I like him a lot. If you're actually thinking, okay, this Andrew Luck thing just screwed me up, I'm just going to stream this year. There's one guy who has a phenomenal matchup, and he actually looked a little bit better again today after a rough week, too. It's Jimmy G. Jimmy G is owning like 35% of leagues. He gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their defense is terrible. Matthew Stafford gets the Arizona Cardinals. Their defense might be as bad as Tampa Bay's the first six weeks of the season.
0: I'd like to add um Dak Prescott to the list too. Is he owned less than fifty percent? He leagues? probably is not, but uh, if you okay. if he was drafted, it probably was to be a number two quarterback and trading for him probably won't cost you that much. His season starts with the Giants, then at Washington, and then versus Miami. And if there's no Ezekiel Elliott, I like the idea of Dak Prescott having some really nice numbers to begin the year. Um Philip Rivers is, again, probably somebody that was drafted as a starter, but if he's a backup, shouldn't cost you much in trade. Sam Darnold's a name that we've talked about a lot on the podcast. He opens the season against Buffalo and then Cleveland, back-to-back games at home. He's got an early season buy. I don't know if I'd be quite as excited about having him as a streaming option. And I learned today on, FF, on, on FFT, on the radio show, Heath, you've got Mitchell Trubisky ranked as a top-12 quarterback. Yeah. So if he's probably not drafted to be somebody's starter. And right, if he's not, that's another guy you could trade for on the cheap. Yeah, you you probably could. I
1: I would probably just go pick up Kyler or Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to trading. Like your team's already been hampered by losing one of your first eight or nine picks in the draft. I don't know that I want to trade more away to go get a quarterback, but this is so much bigger than Andrew Luck. Yeah, because the impact it has on the value of Marlon Mack T. Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron. We were talking on the show about T. Y. Hilton in 2017 when he played with Jacoby Brissett. Ten of the 16 games he played that season, he was wide receiver 45 or worse. He did finish the year as a top 30 wide receiver, but it's because he played 16 games. The person he was ranked just above, just to kind of give you an idea, was Jermaine Curse. So it Ooh. was not. It was a weird year that year for wide receivers, but I. I'm a a little bit scared. Like, I have projected Hilton to have a better year than he did in 2017 when he only caught 57 passes for 950 yards and four touchdowns. I've projected him for 66, 991, and five touchdowns. Five still seems low, but hes I don't know if he's ever caught more than six.
0: I think this offense is going to morph into a more conservative unit. I don't think they're going to take a lot of downfield shots, they're going to try and stay on schedule and keep things easy for Jacoby Brissett. And I think defenses are going to have a much, obviously a much easier time defending the longer throw. I think it's going to be hard sledding for this defense. T.Y. Hilton is not among my top 24 receivers. Is he among yours?
1: I've got him at 34. I'm lower than you are. Yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm okay with him in like round six as a number three receiver. And if you've already drafted him as a number two receiver or a number one for crying out loud with a round three or a round four choice, it's it's kind of gross. And I someone brought this up on the radio show tonight, Heath. What if the person who drafted T.Y. Hilton is just freaking out and doesn't want him on his team anymore? Is now the time to go and dangle something in front of him to try and get T.Y. Hilton to be a third receiver for your squad? Well, Jamie's not here, so we can say the,
1: the name that we came up with on the radio show was Curtis Samuel, and I actually did a Twitter poll, 2,300 votes now, 51% for T.Y. Hilton, 49% for Curtis Samuel. So I think there's a chance that T.Y. Hilton, owner, is distraught. And you could go get him for someone like Samuel, maybe Mike Williams, maybe Will Fuller, a young guy that's got some excitement and hype around him. I still think Hilton will be better than those guys. Yep. But uh, more of a number three than a two.
0: I just want to say this. Uh, third week of the preseason, the Colts rested all their starters. Jacoby Brissett didn't play. Against Cleveland, he played. He looked good. He really did. He looked like he knew what he was doing, had a command of the offense. Only one of his throws was bad, and it was a long throw. But a lot of interesting plays were made inside of 20 yards. My favorite one of all, uh, the Browns defense has him dead to rights in the pocket. He somehow slips out split second before he's going to the ground. He throws it toward Eric Ebron. It's a hint low, but Ebron still comes up with the catch. Moves the chains and eventually Ebron catches a 12 yard touchdown from Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if that's enough evidence to prove that Jacoby Brissett is going to be a fine quarterback and help T.Y. Hilton out and help Eric Ebron out, but I think it does show that he's probably in a better position to be successful this year than he was in 2017. So that's part of the reason why I'm still okay with T.Y. Hilton as a top 30 receiver and I still have T.Y. Er, Ebron rather, I still have him as a top 12 fantasy tight end i just view him as much more of a streaming tight end now not somebody that i want to start uh i don't want to commit to him for the first six or eight weeks of the season i'll take eric ebron in round 11
1: yeah i've i'm not drafting eric ebron he's 18 for me in ppr um, I you worry about the the target share with it with Jack Doyle there. You worry about the offense. I mean, his the one thing he does is score touchdowns and how many touchdowns are the Colts going to score now? Not as many as they were going to score. The other guy who gets affected and if, he doesn't catch very many passes, so you might not think the quarterback would affect him too much, but it does, Marlon Mack, because oh, I of that same thing. Yeah. Um, I've dropped him to number, my number 27 running back in PPR uh, right at the turn, the 5-6 turn. I feel like this is
0: really bad news for for Adam Azer. I feel like <laughs> yeah. he drafted a lot of all of these guys. Like yeah. Had, well, had the a... Colts were one of those teams yeah. that you want to draft a lot of pieces of. And I'm with you on Mac. I think he's a round six pick. Uh I I think I'm going to take him ahead of Melvin Gordon still, though, just because we don't know Melvin Gordon. You know, if Melvin Gordon comes back. Of course you're going to take Melvin ahead of him. But for now, I think I'd rather have what could be a decent starting running back yep. in Marlon Mack. But again... Outside of my top 24, I'm taking James White ahead of him in PPR. Philip Lindsay, I'm taking ahead of him. Derek Henry, I'm taking ahead of him. And I've got him in PPR. I've got him ahead of Miles Sanders, Latavius Murray, Tariq Cohen. I've got Sanders ahead of him in non-PPR, though. So I'm willing to draft Sanders, wait on him, and have him break out versus Marlon Mack, who might be able to get you Lamar Miller-type numbers most weeks. Now, speaking of Lamar Miller... Tore ACL against the Dallas Cowboys. At least that's the report. It was early on in the game. Uh, he had a carry, got hit hard, didn't look good, writhed in pain on the ground. He's gone. Duke Johnson seems to be the best fit at running back for Houston. I don't know if he's going to be the only running back for Houston.
1: No, I would assume there is someone, a, a running back to be named later, that will be cut by someone else that will be on the Texans roster in the coming weeks. Um, they don't have the horses right now and I don't think you like Duke's not going to be a 300 touchback. I tried to just project what like what it might look like for him without knowing who else is going to be on the team. I gave him 165 carries,
0: which would be a career high. I gave him
1: 52 catches, not a career high no um, that like that probably gets him over a thousand total yards. And he scores six or seven touchdowns. Really? That uh, 200 touches is going to put him over a thousand total yards, you think? Because such a p- high percentage of those touches are catches. And he has averaged eight or nine yards per catch over his career. He's on average eight or nine yards per carry, obviously. I've got him at 4.2 yards per carry, nine yards per reception. That's a uh, thousand, almost 1,100 yards. If you told me today, um, the Texans are not signing anyone else that's any good like they just they don't acquire another decent running back i get carlos Hyde to slug it into the line every once in a while Ugh. um
0: i i'd take duke johnson and ppr over marlon Mack. wow um i actually haven't re-ranked duke johnson yet so i'm not sure how to react to it so you're in ppr you'll go as high as round six on duke johnson yes right now yes but once something happens and another running back enters the fray it depends on who it is is it gonna, is it gonna be more like round eight or would you still be okay in round seven? I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna go and get Melvin Gordon.
1: No, I don't either. I, I don't I'm think sure. they're
0: gonna make a, another splashy trade, um, unless it involves Jadavion Clowney. The thing is Duke Johnson's really good.
1: Um, he, he, he could possibly, like, not, not 250 touches, I don't think, but if he gets 200 touches, I think he's easily worth it. In PPR, a sixth round pick.
0: I'm ready to take him over the Bucks running backs right now. I'm ready to take him over Daryl Henderson right now. But you you get to those running backs that we don't know what Justin Jackson and Tony Pollard's value will be. But as long as those guys are holding out, I don't think I'd rather have Duke than either of them. Oh, I I definitely would. You'll take Duke Johnson. In PPR, maybe that's the case. I'm not quite sure if that's where I come out on it. But in non-PPR, I know how relatively unexciting he's been i don't think he's going to end up being uh given a big workload certainly not a lamar miller type workload in houston so i'm not ready to to, I, to roll with him quite that I'm high yet
1: to summon my high-pitched adam Azer voice he was a number one running back in ppr just a year and a two years uh, sure ago. sure
0: sure it's an easier argument to make in ppr than non-ppr Here's, here's another idea that's, that's in my head from this. And this is why I made a change in my quarterback rankings. If the Texans don't have a reliable running back, they're probably not going to be able to just run the ball much at all. And it should mean a career high in pass attempts and maybe even rush attempts for Deshaun Watson. And I love the idea of Deshaun Watson being my fantasy quarterback now. Oh, and yeah. you, you've been on top of him all along. And this development, I think it puts more on his shoulders. I think the extension of the run game is pretty clear there. Duke can catch the ball out of the backfield. Kiki QT is their slot guy. Will Fuller can work on screens. They can work around the mess that they'll have on first and second downs when they want to run it by just simple short passes. And I think that those will add up for Deshaun Watson. And I don't think the offensive line is as bad as it was last year. I know that both the rookies – they were, they were drafted as tackles. They're starting as guards. So they're, they're basically going with four tackles and a center. And I think it's better than what they had last year. And I, I kind of like the idea of Deshaun Watson now as a, uh, as a major league winner. Round five. Yeah. Would you go round four?
1: I have, but I'd prefer not to.
0: I, I would obviously prefer, but now I think it's a no brainer to go with him over aaron Rodgers. is there anything else that we need to talk about for this emergency podcast or did we cover all the comings and goings in the afc south
1: i i think i think we did it all right i think think,
0: i I think we did it as well of course we're gonna have a lot more on this next week you know we're going five days a week on the fft podcast for heath cummings i'm dave richard thanks for coming out